Hi, and welcome to Five Compelling Questions with Sean. This is the podcast where we speak with writers about writing. Um, I'm very thrilled to have an international guest again today, uh, Clementine Taylor. How are you doing, Clemmy? I'm doing well, thanks, Sean. How are you? I'm great. Uh, Clemmy gave me permission to use her 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 nickname, so I'm going to do that because it's very cute. And she's adorable. We've gotten to know each other a little bit here, preamble to the show, um, but I'm going to give you a proper introduction. Clementine Taylor grew up in Oxford, England. After completing an undergraduate degree in theology and religious studies and a master's degree in gender studies, she spent a few years working as a researcher in Cambridge and London. She's back in Oxford again, where she is studying for a doctorate. Something about her is her debut novel. That's so exciting. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah, it feels very surreal at the moment. It's um, at the point of recording two weeks until it comes out yesterday. It was two weeks until it comes out. So it's all feeling really exciting and terrifying and yeah, all the all the emotions. <laughs> yeah, it's a cocktail of, you know, excited dread kind of. Like, oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's like, you know, and I said to somebody else on the show, I think at one point I said, it's like sending your kid off to school. It's like, you know, I hope people like you, but it's okay if they don't, but it's going to be great. And I love you. And then, you know, know, it's just sort of like, it's out in the world and that's just all you can do. It does. It feels exactly like what I imagine sending your kid to to school feels like, like you've had these friends and only a few people, including you, Sean, have met, have met them. Um, And then other people who you don't know we're going to meet them and so um yeah I can't feel protective over them anymore I have to let them go yeah 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 so tell us about the book was something about her tell us um give us your elevator pitch of this book what's it about um sure okay so uh the book is I would say a slow burn romance um and it's set in Edinburgh in Scotland and it begins in 2013 and it's a romance between two women Ashling who's from County Clare in Ireland and Maya, who um, grew up in West London. And they meet at university in Edinburgh at the Poetry Society. And really it's all about uh, their blossoming romance. And it's kind of a coming of age love story, um, which is a dual first person narrative. So you kind of hear both of their voices are are kind of interwoven, usually chapter by chapter they speak. Um, But yeah, so we kind of see them going through um this kind of yeah first love coming of age um thinking about things like trauma and uh I mean it's just packed with things that you go through at that age like grappling with your sexuality uh childhood trauma um things like the meaning of friendship and family and all of that kind of thing sorry that's a bit long for an elevator pitch but (laughs) (laughs) but it's all it's it gives you it gives you the whole palette and that's what it is I mean that's what it is it's that's a really good description um it is it's beautiful um and it's that is just such a it's such a unique time in anyone's life I mean you know not to say that you get jaded later on but you do kind of get jaded with love later on like like those initial ones are just so you never forget them yeah exactly I yeah I was talking to someone the other day and just even whether you're at college or not I just think that age is just such a it's such a formative one in terms of how you kind of like how you fall in love and especially that first person who you fall in love with is usually such a kind of unique um experience that you can always you can kind of look back on and go like wow I really remember how that feels so um so yeah I kind of really wanted to capture that with the book yeah absolutely it's kind of like your first 
oh, coming out. It's the same sort of like, yeah. oh, heady, headiness and terif terrifying moments and also really, really exciting. And it's similar. It's very similar. So as I already said, congrats on your debut. Um, what inspired your story? Why, why, why this story? You could have written anything. Why did you choose to write this story? Yeah, it's so funny. You know, sometimes I feel like this story chose me. I've heard people on your podcast say similar things before. Um, and and that's really kind of how I felt um, about this story. I guess there are kind of two things that inspired me. One was to do with um, really centering in on this kind of queer relationship. I think when I was at school and in the early years of university, I think I really craved reading a story a bit like this one um, at that time of my life. And, and you know, I... I read a lot of books that had kind of these heterosexual relationships at, at their core, but I really wanted to home in on this um, queer relationship at that time of life. So that was really important to me. And obviously we see more and more of these books coming out now, which is so fantastic. But I think that was like a personal passion project for me as well. I really wanted to put my voice in there um, as well. So that was kind of the first element. Um, and then the second thing that kind of inspired me to write the book was more about the style of the writing um I think and I think I really had the idea for it to be in this kind of first person dual narrative was one of the very first things that I knew about the book and I kind of knew I wanted it to look like that because I love this idea that you could hear both of these voices in turn and hear both these people's thoughts because I think when you're that age and you're going through these things and you're kind of falling in love for the first time I used to always think I really wish I could know what was in this person's head. Um, and so I wanted to kind of capture that sort of thing and for the reader to um, kind of feel quite, to feel quite intimate for the reader with the characters. Um, I actually saw a play in Edinburgh at the Fringe in 2015 called A Girl is a Half-Formed Thing um, by Emma McBride, which is based of course off of her novel of the same name. And it really, it really captured for me that kind of feeling of dealing with these things of being a young woman. So, you know, things like abuse and family and illness, um, religion and kind of really deep set trauma uh, and sexuality and things like this. And I kind of remember coming out of that play and just thinking, wow, that experience to me was so moving because you're really inside of this girl's head and you're really going through all of this kind of stuff with her and so I think I wanted to kind of capture that with the book as well that was kind of the second inspiration for me was telling the story in that kind of way yeah yeah well that's great I mean I always love to hear about what because you could write anything you know no one's waiting for this yeah. book because then your first one you know you can do <laughs> so it's always cool to hear like what the inspiration was but that makes a lot of sense and it kind of leads into my next um question mm -hmm. I was reading I was doing a little research I was reading uh what people other people are saying about the book and it was interesting because the word raw came up a lot of times <laughs> I know like, I've like I've actually noticed this too I um <laughs> so why why do you think that is why is why is everyone so raw after reading your book <laughs> yeah I've noticed this as well actually like raw and tender are the two yeah. words that I mm -hmm. I tend yeah. to see um you know if it's nice for you um, and which I'm always really happy about because I think it is really going back. Well, I hope, I mean, I am, I haven't actually met anyone who is like in person and asked them why they've used those words, 
but I would cross my fingers and hope that it's to do with what I was just saying about this um this kind of first person voice that you have and you hear the both both of them talking both of these young women Myra and Ashling, and I hope that there is a rawness there in the sense that it's very unfiltered in um and you kind of hear these thoughts that they're having and some of them are maybe you know things that if they were saying out loud I don't I don't think that they would say um so I hope that the rawness is kind of to do with with that the unfiltered um you know stream of consciousness that comes with writing in the first person which I really loved as well actually as a process I think um I'm sure you have this with your writing as well but it is so enjoyable to be in the first person especially with characters who you are kind of falling in love with um which I really felt with both of these girls actually but to kind of really get into their head and to be with them all the time and to um and to kind of experience their thoughts and and go along with them is really special yeah you're you're embodying them you're you're getting into their their skin and you know they become part of you you know that's it's you know that's awesome I love that um you're 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 adorable okay number three (laughs) um poetry is has a there's a strong theme of poetry throughout the book and as a writer I'm always we talk about a lot of you know craft and process here so as a writer I'm wondering what role poetry plays in your writing it's do you write poetry or just in research um aspects so why why so much poetry is the basic question I know well you know (laughs) I actually um someone's asked me this question before and I I have to admit I don't write poetry and I've never even I've never tried but it's kind of one of those things I've always really admired in people like I've got some very close friends and like an ex-partner of mine who are really really incredible poets and it's something I've always really admired in people so I think I kind of used the book (laughs) as a bit of an excuse to explore what that would feel like um and I think if I was a poet I would have liked to play around with putting um poems into the text as well um like poems that they'd have they'd have written but it was quite nice for me to imagine that they were writing these incredible poems and and yeah to kind of live vicariously through them as well but yeah I'm a great appreciator of poetry um but not a poet myself unfortunately maybe some point in the future though um yeah yeah, I guess yeah you seem to have a fascination with it so possibly I'm always I have friends that write poetry too and I'm always like how do you how do you do that that's yeah. crazy why <laughs> Honestly, do you do that? so I have so much admiration I think I think it is such a skill and I almost feel um intimidated by it like I wouldn't even know where to start um and obviously I kind of felt like that as well starting the novel but it was something that I think I felt I don't know I felt kind of more drawn towards I think poetry I've always been really enjoy, enjoyed observing it a bit like theatre but I don't think I would be very good at it yeah like everyone talks about those bad first drafts like oh those are my terrible yeah. poems I would try to write to somebody in high school I'm like oh my god I'd be so embarrassed you know if, if anyone's showing those notes around I'm gonna be really not happy so the guys just I know don't do that. I'm really hoping my poetry. parents yes exactly <laughs> I'm really hoping my parents don't my parents don't dig out some like terrible poetry that I wrote when I was yeah. small or something like that fingers crossed we've all done it it's it's embarrassing it's just like it's worse than having like porn in your drawer or something it's like oh, <laughs> please please don't show that to anybody okay um you're doing great by the way okay number four um there's the cover is beautiful I'm a, I love a cover art I'm like I I love cover art um 
there's apples on the cover and there's references to apples in the book too. Did you want to tell us about the apple? What's going on with the apples? I have a lot of, I don't know, I was like fascinated by the poetry and the apple together, but it's like, it's almost like they're the same, similar. Yeah. Um, so tell us why you chose that metaphor for the book. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I love this question. Um. Okay. So it's so funny because the original working title for the book was the apple tree. And um, this apple, well, there are so many things I could say about this, but I'll try and be as concise as possible. Um, the apple in the book is used as a symbol, which I think for me, I have my own opinions on what that symbol means, which I'll talk about a bit in a second. But I think also I wanted to put it, to embed it throughout the book in little, you know, leave little breadcrumbs as it were, um, um, about this kind of symbolic uh, reference of the apple for the reader to also kind of decipher what they thought that meant. Um, but for me, the real crux of where you kind of see what the, what the apple symbol is about is in the chapter about the apple tree, um, where the two girls, spoiler, are climbing up Arthur's seat in Edinburgh. And one of them who's gone through, Ashling, who's gone through a lot of trauma um, in her childhood and suffered really awful abuse from her mother is kind of coming to terms it's kind of starting to surface really and it really happens quite late on in the book I think um you kind of see her burying a lot of stuff and then it starts to surface at this point and she's kind of eating this apple and she takes the pips out of the apple and says like if I bury these pips what, how long will it take for a tree to grow and Maya's saying, I don't know, maybe like 10 years or something. And they joke about coming back to see the tree in, in a decade. And then Ashling talks about how with apple trees, the next generation of apple trees are really different to their parents because um, they have to be in order to fight off diseases and stuff. They're they're different to their to their parents, to their um, ancestors. And it's really used as this metaphor of, like, will I be different to my mother? Um, or will I be someone who's always kind of suppressing their, like, inner self? And I think that as much as it's a metaphor about changing what we, the messages that we take from people, it's also about kind of changing this symbol of the apple from something that's always been associated with, like, sin and temptation um, in the Bible and in kind of religious texts to something that's about like is it is it a freeing symbol is it something that's also like emancipatory and liberating for her um which obviously with the ending is um kind of ambiguous but yeah so I think it represents a lot of things but for me it's also it's this kind of using this symbol that's always been associated with sim sin and temptation to become one of like rebellion and freedom basically yeah yeah, I love that. I love. I knew you were. Gonna, I knew you were going to have a good answer for this because it was not by accident. <laughs> it was not by accident that you chose these things. So this is. It's a very well constructed. Yes, I'm glad novel. that you think that's a good answer. Yeah, yeah and it was I very good. Yes. Um, the Catherine Mansell quote um, that is the epilogue, which is taken from her short story Bliss. Um, also, it's someone actually pointed me to towards this short story. I didn't know about it before, and then I kind of went and read a bit of Catherine Mansell's work and. I really love that symbol of fruit that she uses throughout her work as well. It's kind of this little dig at um, like this religious symbol. And I really, I really love that. And in the short story Bliss, you have these two women who are looking at this pear tree and there's this kind of sexual tension running between them. And the blossoming of the pear tree kind of symbolizes that. And I think that that was 
a really really beautiful short story for me to come across after I'd written this book because it was just I mean it's just so perfect and I absolutely love her work now as well so that's a great thing to have come out of that yeah yeah and it's 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 apt and um I do love and you've probably heard previous guests on the show I love that um queer love stories are becoming not another thing not the other thing yeah. it's like this is just a book we're reading and it's really great so you know absolutely I so agree and actually when people ask me what is it what is the book about I I just I just say it's a romance novel like it's it's a romance novel it, I don't need to qualify that and say it's a queer romance novel I mean it is and sometimes I do say that but you know these stories should um be becoming they are becoming more and more common and that's great because you know they shouldn't be the exception they should they should be the norm yeah or not have you don't have to signify yeah anything you know it's, to qualify, it's not like you yeah. know like it's, it's a blonde mystery it's a blonde mystery novel or a blonde the people in it are blonde and yeah. have red hair. Like, who cares? <laughs> so you know, it's like, yeah, who cares? That's incidental to the story. So that's good. Um, but I'm thank you for bringing this to us. And thank you for being a young, wonderful voice coming up in the community. I love I love meeting young new writers that are just doing amazing things. It's, it's just the best thing ever. Yeah. All right. Well, you. sadly, question five. That's always sad when it's <laughs> almost done. I can't. I don't want to keep talking forever. Talk to you forever. Okay. Um, what do you hope? readers will take away um after reading your book we talked a little bit about normal you know normalizing queer stories yeah. but that doesn't have to be your answer but what do you what would you like people to take away after reading this book that's a great question as well um you know I think that a couple of things I think I would love it if um any part of this book kind of resonated with people I think that was one of the reasons why I wrote it so that would be um the first thing but also if it doesn't resonate with people personally I think it's just I hope people take away um like hearing these women's voices and if it's something different to them and their experiences that they just find that interesting in itself but then also it's I won't spoil the ending in case people who are listening do read the book but um I think a big part of the book is to kind of point out the assumptions that we build as readers um, towards the end of the book and think about the role that the role that we play in the narrative as well and so really I'm so happy for people to take away anything from from the book whether that's kind of thinking about the writing style and that kind of ambiguity that you're left with um, and all of that sort of thing so yeah kind of resonance with the themes or like finding an interest in them but also anything um you know I just hope that people enjoy it in some way <laughs> oh of course they're, they're well it's beautifully written it's it's a really moving story it is a slow burn and it, but that's really good because you can it's like you can luxuriate in the, the the wonderfulness of it and I think we didn't touch on it but there's themes of abuse in the book and that uh, you did say, mention it in one of your answers but you know I think also when you're meeting someone for the in the beginning of love like in the beginning of your young life you, you, I think sometimes you think people are meeting you on the same level that they're at and you don't you don't really understand it, that they've come from a whole different background and they will react to things differently because of their experiences and and the fact that you were saying you're supposed to get better each each generation is supposed to get better we treat our children better we treat you know and hopefully they're better adults but you know when they become adults they'll be you know we just have to get better each time yeah. we have to move forward yeah. and get better and move past the, the terrible things that have happened to us and and do find love even no matter yeah. what you've been through so that I think you've done I just helped you illustrate 
that's and such a beautiful it. way of thinking about it I'd never I'd never sort of conceptualize it that way but I love what you've just said so if that's what you've taken away from the book then I'm really really delighted that's what I've taken away because you know we I love my I love my parents and I, my parents my mom I have one parent and I love my in-law parent we were both from single parent um, households but it's like we've done different things and it's like that they did the best they could and their parents did weird stuff that we're not doing you know but it filters yeah. through and you just learn and you and become more accepting of your child and and this is a different analogy because I'm talking about but you know from the abuse angle but yeah you just try to get better and just be a better person and I think that's reflected in their relationship too so that's yeah. that's Thank good you, so you did a good job you did a good job young miss I'm so proud of you <laughs> thank you so much are you what's going on are you going on tour are you gonna where, where can everyone find you I mean the book's coming out and it's gonna be out well, by the time this airs the book will be out um probably that week so that'll be perfect and then are you gonna be around what's going on I am around I've got um I'm actually so excited I've got two launches in the UK so I've got a launch in London and then I've got um one in Oxford as well so um that's really exciting and I've even bought <laughs> you will love this I've bought some apple earrings to wear <laughs> to the launch which I I got some little homemade ones off Etsy so I'm re really excited I'm going to match the cover with my earrings so that's so cute I love that oh can I come to your London line I want to come to one of those I want to <laughs> can you invite me yeah please come there. yeah I'm I coming I'm up I will be in the UK a couple times next year. So maybe I can run into you at some point. Oh, but, um, yeah, I'd love, I love that, that, Sean. That would be great. We should definitely yeah. we should talk. Yeah, we should. We should. And I have friends. I have a, a good friend that went to Oxford. So, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm doing, I think I'm going to be at Crime Fest and then, yeah, I'm doing a couple things. So that'll oh, be fun. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, amazing. you're, yeah. Well, I have just loved meeting you. This has been such a joy. I love the book. Um, I love the whole thing. I'm all about, I'm all, I'm all in. I'm on the, I'm on the Clementine Taylor train. So wherever you're going, I'm following you. I got Thank you. you. I'm right back at you, Sean. I'm following you too. And yeah, it's been such a joy to meet you. And thank you for all your amazing questions and for your kind words about the book. And yeah, just been. You're really welcome. Yeah. And if you ever do, if you ever do come to over here to do an American tour, you probably see like a bunch of women walking up with like Apple sweaters on because we do everything like kind of like that, you know. Oh, my <laughs> apple, God. My apple, face apple is lit up. <laughs> <laughs> I actually looked up whether I could buy like a dress with apples on it. But all of the ones on the Internet are for five year olds, unfortunately. So um, well, you'll just have to find an Etsy person that will do that for I you. Know. Can someone make that happen, please? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you could do that. Well, um, enjoy everything about this. Enjoy your debut. You only get one. So just live it up and ha drink all the champagne and have the best time. And just everyone needs to go out and get this book. It's amazing. Something about her. Thank you so much, Sean. And please, yeah, let me know when you're coming over to the UK because I'm all over the shop. So I can come I can come and meet you or see you somewhere. It's a date. It's a date. We're making a date. All right, cool. Thank you so much. And thanks for being here. I really appreciate your time today. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Bye. So nice to meet you. Bye. You too. Bye.